I got great news, guys. Oh! It's the news update from Game Time Decisions. News, 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 news. Hey, Yang, how you doing, buddy? Sports fans, Cam Stewart here with the Sports Grid News and betting update. If you want an edge cappers, you need to get on the grid and like to welcome Pluto TV. Channel 517 of the Sports Grid family, thanks for tuning in. The Red Rifle, he is back at the controls. The winless Cincinnati Bengals have reinstalled veteran Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback for Week 13 versus the Jets. Dalton sat for three games when the Bengals started rookie Ryan Finley, and Finley failed to eclipse 200 yards passing on all three of those starts. He threw two touchdowns, two picks, and was sacked 11 times. The 0-11 Bungles, the only team in the NFL still without a win. Despite owner Jerry Jones admitting frustrations with the Dallas coaching staff following the 13-9 loss to New England, no immediate changes in the future will be made. Head coach Jason Garrett was criticized for several decisions, including choosing to kick a field goal from the Patriots' 11-yard line while down a touchdown with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jones also ripped the Cowboys' special teams coaches in the loss while praising the Patriots and their coaching staff. Dallas hosting Buffalo at 4.30, the second of three Turkey Day tilts. Philly quarterback Carson Wentz has a hand bruise. He's likely to play Week 13 versus Miami. The Indianapolis Colts have placed tight end Eric Ebron on the IR. Ebron requires procedures on both of his ankles, sources telling the NFL Network. The New York Giants, they're going to be down two important pieces. The team announcing today that receiver Golden Tate is in concussion protocol after landing hard after his touchdown on Sunday. And safety Jabril Peppers has a transverse process fracture. He could be out one to three weeks. Advertisers wasting no time booking Super Bowl spots this year. South their executive vice president of Fox Sports, said the network has sold out all 77 of its in-game ads for Super Bowl by last Friday. Some 30-second spots are selling for as much as $5.6 million, a new Super Bowl record, too. Monday Night Football tonight from Los Angeles. Lamar Jackson and the scorching Baltimore Ravens at the Rams. Ravens minus 3.5 on the road, total 47. Moneyline, Ravens minus 165. Rams plus 145, first half. Ravens minus two and a half, 23 flat. The total NBA hoops, seven o'clock, busy night. Brooklyn at Cleveland, Cavs minus one and a half, 218. Orlando at Detroit, Pistons minus four and a half, 207. Memphis at Indiana, the Pacers laying nine and a half, 217 and a half. The total, 730 action. Minnesota minus four and a half at Atlanta, 236. Big total. Sacramento and Boston, Celtics minus seven, 205 and a half. Charlotte at Miami, the Heat laying 11, 213. A good one here. Philadelphia minus one and a half at Toronto, 212 and a half. Eight o'clock, Portland minus one at Chicago, 226. Utah is at Milwaukee. The Bucks favored by seven and a half, 223 and a half. 830, Lakers minus four and a half at San Antonio, 223. 1030, Oklahoma City minus six and a half at Golden State. 212 and a half is the total NCAA hoops action today. Western Kentucky up 67, 64 on Fordham, 20 seconds to go in the second half. Dayton beat the Georgia Bulldogs 80 to 61. South Florida 66. Loyola, Illinois 55. The final top uh, 25 action. We got one tipping off in two minutes. Virginia Tech at number three. Michigan State. Sparty minus 14, 136, 630. Kent State at number 10. Ohio State. The Buckeyes minus 17, 132. Chattanooga at number 20. Tennessee at seven o'clock. Balls minus 21, 135 and a half. Alabama State at number 21. VCU Rams 30 point favorites. 135 is your total. Nine o'clock. Kansas minus 37 at Chaminade, 156, 930, 19th ranked Auburn minus eight and a half at New Mexico, 157 and a half is the total. In the MLB, the Yankees have traded pitcher Nestor Cortez to the Mariners for international bonus slot money. 
The Detroit Tigers, they've acquired right-handed pitcher Dario Agrizel from Pittsburgh for cash considerations. And the Tampa Bay Rays, they're finalizing a one-year deal with catcher and power hitter Mike Zanino. Maple Leafs forward Alex Kerfoot suspended two games for a hit on Colorado blue liner Eric Johnson. Busy night in the NHL. Here's the 7 o'clock action for you. Buffalo at Tampa Bay, Lightning minus 225, 6.5. Minnesota, they're minus 20 cents at the New York Rangers. 6.5 is your total. Vancouver at Philadelphia. Flyers, minus 30 cents. 6 is your total. Calgary at Pittsburgh. The Pens laying 60 cents. 6. Ottawa at Columbus. Blue Jackets, minus 166 is your total at 8. We got St. Louis at Nashville. Preds, 40 cents, 5.5. 8.30, Vegas at Dallas. Stars, minus 55.5. Islanders laying a quarter at Anaheim, five and a half and 10.30 San Jose, minus 115 at LA, total six. I'm Cam Stewart. Gabe Morenzi hosts Red Heat and Rage. We'll talk to George Kurtz, break down the NFL Monday Nighter and the whole betting board. So stick around, everybody. Red Heat and Rage on Sports Grid is coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game, Game time, time decisions. decisions. All right, let's roll. We live. Game time decisions has begun. Red Heat and Rage get on the grid. Sports Grid. We're throwing it down the Sports Grid Studios, FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands. You can now watch us on Pluto TV, Channel 517. I am Renzi. The countdown is on tonight, Monday night uh, football. We're a little, uh, little more than three hours away uh, from a, a must-win situation for the Los Angeles Rams. Six and four. They need to nail down another victory. Ricky Sanders. Ricky, don't you lose that number. Lose that we'll step number. up in it. A little bit uh, later on, we'll get Ricky's thoughts from a DFS uh, perspective. A little NBA basketball uh, tonight. George Kurtz, it's a big week. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Buffalo Bills. Jerry Jones, very upset after losing to the Patriots uh, yesterday. It's funny. He's more pissed about losing to the Patriots than he has been uh, losing in the playoffs, uh, it seems. Uh, So a lot of stuff uh, to get to. We have college basketball going on uh, right now. The tournaments have begun. They're in Maui. Uh, Michigan State and Virginia Tech uh, stepping up. So a lot of stuff to get to. What's up, Cam? What's happening, Gabe? Yeah, it should be a lot of fun tonight with the Monday night or busy night in both. Usually we have an NBA or NHL schedule with a couple games, but both loaded, getting ready before Thanksgiving. So lots of action to bet tonight. You'll be busy on uh, in-game live at 8 o'clock, breaking it all down with the with the football game. Should be good, man. Uh, I guess if you like Baltimore, I guess you'd take it now because I have a feeling that line is probably going to go up a little bit. I think uh, we, we might see a four-by kickoff. I'm thinking more people taking the Ravens and the Rams, but you said it. The Rams uh, a desperate lot, and they get some guys returning tonight, which will help them too. Yeah, I'd be surprised, Cam, if it uh, got to four, to be honest. I was actually surprised that it, it bounced back up to three and a half. It was three and a half throughout the week. It settled in at three yesterday. Um, three earlier this morning, pops back up to three and a half uh, right now. The total went up, uh, went up a point. Total goes up to to forty seven and a half. Rams have been holding strong though on the money line at plus one fifty. Uh, Ravens minus one seventy four. I think hey. there's late buyback on the Rams, if anything, Cam. In my opinion, but I don't know. Maybe it just stays at three and a half. If you notice, they've been doing three and a half more than threes uh, recently. My guess is that it probably comes back down and closes at three, and maybe the Rams one forty-five on the money line. We're going to send Will to the uh, to the window earlier than usual uh, tonight, Ashley, because I'm thinking ahead. I'm like that guy on Twitter on that GIF 
And he's pointing. I'm thinking ahead here tonight, Cam. It's a busy NBA. It's like your local Damn Chinese right restaurant when you're looking for the discount. Very busy tonight, Mr. Cam. Can't help you. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I drove by Tremendous, and it was packed. <laughs> it's very, very busy this time. You ever notice? They don't like when I come in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cam, Cam will try to negotiate with the guy. And if it's a yeah, quiet night like off season, Cam will be yeah. like, uh, yeah, buddy will throw in a couple extra uh, pineapple chicken balls for Cam. Yeah, if he's busy, he tells you, yeah, I'm very busy. <laughs> very busy, very Mr. Busy. Camp. Can't help you. Yeah, so you ever notice, though, Chinese restaurants, Chinese restaurants are pretty much, if it's good, it'll be successful. Yes. Like, you know, a lot of stuff changes in the world, but people still love Chinese, Chinese food. Restaurant. I know I do. I love it. I agree with you 100%. Love it. George Kurt steps up and then joins us. Get on the grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Thank you, Yang. Yang going retro today. All right, we got some college basketball. I just sent Will to the window. We grabbed, uh, we'll see what we have when he comes back. But we're trying to take Virginia Tech plus 10.5 points. We're trying to take Vaught Tech plus 10.5 and uh, over, over. Uh, whatever the in-game number is when he gets there, uh, actually. The total to start the game was 138. I saw it was about a one, 143 and a half a couple of minutes ago. It's coming down right now. It's like you said, it's always a mystery, Cam. We'll see what kind of numbers uh, Will comes back with. But I think Virginia Tech can hang uh, with, with Michigan State. These, these island games, these early season tournament games, teams are still, you know, learning. Teams are still gelling. For the coaches... You know, it's funny. I was watching it earlier, and they were talking, Jay Billis and uh, Shulman out there. What a shot, Cam. Uh, Shulman and Billis get the Hawaii assignment. So I'm yeah, watching it earlier. It's Georgia versus Dayton. Dayton it's Georgia versus Dayton. And I look, I and I'm what? like, and it's Shulman and Billis. And I thought to myself, why is Dan Shulman doing a Dayton-Georgia game at 3 in the afternoon? And I looked, and I'm like, oh, it's in Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> so Shulman's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. But it's a big-time tournament out there. Is. But they brought up about how this is like the, uh, the fourth time that Izzo and Michigan State have been in the Maui Invitational and about how they never won. And Jay Billis dropped a joke. He said, yeah, Tom, because they said Tom Izzo would like to win this thing. And Bill has said, well, to be honest, I talked to him, and uh, he's more interested in getting some sun for his white legs than winning the tournament. And <laughs> it's not like a real tournament. You know what I mean? Like, no. these, like no. coaches, you know it, Ken, they don't mind losing early, actually. Some coaches like it, as crazy as it sounds. Because yep. if they lose a game like or that. two, they can run their team hard after. 
that you know you guys aren't as good as you think you are. You thought you you know you'd be able to beat these guys easily. If you think that, wait till we start in Big Ten conference play. There's a reason why these teams play in these tournaments. They're like um, extreme preseason games in a way. You know what I mean? Yes, they count towards your standings, you. but if you're a major program, you're more interested in how did my point guard look? Can I trust this kid? Like, do I have to like play this other kid or him? Like, they're they're basically it's trial by fire. These games. Listen to this one too. You said a perfect example. What game? Dayton from the Atl- Atlantic Ten, only favored by two over Georgia. They killed Georgia. They murdered them. It's bigger for teams in the A10, the smaller conferences, smaller schools. Georgia still, you know, a middle of the pack SEC team, but they're going to have to play Kentucky. They're going to have to play Tennessee. They're going to have to play real teams. And uh, as for Dayton, you know, the Flyers are. It's a little more important to them. Gabe hence winning by you know 19, covering the, a, a very small number and embarrassing Georgia. So I agree with you 100. percent I'll tell you, Michigan State is notorious for starting slow, kind of grinding out and getting better by the tournament. That's Izzo's mo. Anyway, so good luck with your bet. I know it's right around the holiday season, Gabe, and we talked about this before. Very vital weeks gambling. We need plus nights and plus weeks heading into the holiday season. I don't want to be broke and owing somebody money around uh, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Not fun. Been there before. Don't like it. Let's bring in a man now to talk about uh, the Flyers, but uh, not Dayton. Not Dayton. Philly. Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, although it's the Islanders that are scorching uh, right now. And, of course, Kurtz is a front-running fan, so what a shock. He's an Islander fan. Um, Cowboys, Yankees, Islanders. George Kurtz joins us. What's up, George? What's going on? Front-running with the Islanders, man. That's something I haven't heard in forever. Front-running yes. with the Islanders. Yes, you know what? Because games, something like that? I, yeah, I'll be honest, because I brought it up once when you weren't here. I said to Cam... So, yeah, you noticed it was right after you left. I said, you notice Kurtz is a front runner. Yankee fan, Cowboy fan. And Cam said, yeah, but he's an Islander fan. Yet I brought it up. Islanders were like champions when you were a kid. Right? Hot. Yes. They yeah, were yeah, terrible. Late 70s. Exactly. Like, yeah, like how old? Like you were in the midst of it, right? So, uh, front runner. You're a loyal yeah, front runner, though. <laughs> when they won, the, well, I also You're live a loyal front runner. <laughs> I also live on Long Island, mind you, so everybody yes, was yes. out here back in the day. That's true, uh, I mean, I grew up about five minutes, That's, yeah. five miles from the Coliseum. So uh, being out of the fan was very easy back then. All my friends were. My father was not a hockey fan. Didn't, I don't think he ever watched a hockey game in his life. So it was what my friends liked, and we uh, went to school with a whole bunch of Island fans right down the block from the Coliseum. Listen, I delivered Newsday. And back then, you couldn't get a ticket to the NASA Coliseum to see the Islanders play anybody. So, But every now and then, Newsday would have a thing. You know, If you get a new subscriber... You'd get tickets to an island game. Yeah. And, man, on those days, man, you would book out of the Newsday office. You'd be looking all over. I grew up in Elmont. All over Elmont for a new subscriber. And you'd have to race back and beat everybody else. And every now and then, I'd, I'd be first and I'd get those tickets. And it was a huge thing to be able to go to the Coliseum to see Potvin, Trottier, Gillies, Bossy, Smith. Uh, big thing back then. Yeah. The, uh, the Islanders were feared. Like, uh, during that run, it was like, oh, boy, you got to play the Islanders. And uh, Billy Smith, the dirtiest goalie ever. Dennis Potvin, crushing defenseman. Big mitts. Yeah, they were just, yeah, great team. Great team. Like, I don't want to discount them, but when you, you know, we talk about the great teams of all time, there's, there's three teams in the conversation. There's the New York Islanders teams. 
the Edmonton Oilers teams Oilers, yeah. and the Montreal Canadiens Montreal Canadiens and teams. Look, the Canadians won six cups in, in, in the 70s. Think about that, guys. They won 60% of the cups. <laughs> like, they won six times. Um, but, you know, that 19, you know, the 77-78 the team, the Canadians team, in my opinion, the greatest hockey team ever. Um, am I biased? I don't think so. I think the facts speak for themselves. They had the best record ever. Uh, they won the Stanley Cup. They had the best record ever. They were freaking dominant. I remember speaking to Guy Lafleur about the year. They only lost eight times, and he brought it up. He's like, they lost to, like, Cam, it's funny. They lost to, like, the California Golden Seals type thing. <laughs> they lost to, like, the Cleveland Barons or whatever, like he said. Brutal. He said, oh, yeah, he goes, our record could have been better, but... You know, we kind of, we screwed up against a couple of really bad teams. <laughs> Basically, you know, we partied really hard. We partied really hard, yeah. But what would you say, George? You're an Islander fan, but I'm just saying that those Islander teams were great. Were they as good as the Gretzky and the Messier and the Curry and the Coffees? And were they, what about that Canadians team, man? Steve Schott, Guy Lafleur, Yvonne Cornway, eh? Serge Savard, Larry Tremblay. Robinson, Ken Dryden between the pipes, Everybody. Mario Tremblay, we could go on, Yvonne Lambert, you know, pretty damn good team. Scotty Bowman is the coach. What do you think, George? Best hockey team? I don't know if I could argue with you. I think it probably is the Montreal team of the 70s. I would lean that way. I think you can make an argument for any of these teams. The Islanders won 19 straight playoff series. That's never going to be beaten. That's, Again, the Edmonton Oilers was wow. a great player. The Edmonton Oilers are the great players they had. I mean, my God, some of the greatest players ever. Uh, to accomplish all at once. But they were yep. also a different kind of team. They were a running-gun team. They wanted to win games 5-4, 6-5. Back, back in those days, 8-7 were, was common. So a different kind of team back then. But I think if you forced me, if, you, uh, if I had to tell the truth, I'd probably go along with you. I think it is the Montreal team in the 70s. I agree. What do you think, George, Kev? fair. Yeah, I agree, with, I, I, I agree with you, Gabe. It is the Montreal team. The thing I really liked about hockey back then, too, uh, it was funny how the Islanders were like the evil empire. It was kind of like Star Wars because Edmonton... You know, it was like Darth Vader. They were the old, tough guys. You know what I mean? They loved to mix it up. They wanted to impose their will on the Oilers. The Oilers were the slick kids, you know, Messier and Gretzky coming into their own. So it was very different styles of hockey. The Islanders wanted to play a physical game and intimidate where the Oilers wanted to skate rings around these guys. It was fun. But you're right. For total top domination, the Montreal Canadiens teams, uh, their wars with Boston, legendary. But I'll tell you, great Gabe, growing up with the Islanders and Oilers, all my friends were Oilers. And I like to be different than them, so I used to cheer for the Islanders just to piss them off. So I have no ill will towards the Islanders, even as a Leaf fan. The uh, Montreal Canadiens, 60, uh, 60 wins, 8 losses, 12 ties in that season. That's good. Uh, pretty, uh, that's, that's not yeah, bad. Pretty, yeah. uh, pretty impressive. Eight losses. <laughs> like, I mean, like, imagine playing the entire year. You lost eight games. Um some great, you know, those Pittsburgh Penguins had some good teams. I'm they almost did. partial to the Oilers yeah. just because they were Pittsburgh. so good. Like, you know, you had Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Paul Koff. Like, you had some of the greatest players of all time in position type of thing. Yep. The but Canadians were really good. They gagged those couple years. Yeah. yeah. That was a fluke. <laughs> You're right, though. That's why the Canadians won a cup. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sport wagering account at FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grit and you'll receive a free bet up to 500 bucks. That's a free bet up to 500 bucks when you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grit. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grit, open up a new account and claim your free wager up to 500 bucks today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. See website for full details. And guys, find us on YouTube at the Sports Grid Network, all fantasy and sports wagering all the time, and on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. <laughs> Great job, uh, Camp. Thank you very much. Uh, George Kurtz uh, with us. All right, uh, we're going to get into uh, we'll get into some football uh, talk now. Just uh, wrapping up uh, this hockey stuff. Pretty crazy. Yep. I'm looking. I just you know looked it up. All right, so 1977, 78, the uh, uh, Canadians win their third uh, straight uh, Stanley Cup. But I'm looking at the uh, the divisions, guys, and I you know we all remember the division, well the Adams Division, the Pacific, and all this. But in 1977, 78, the Norris Division. You want to give it a shot, Cam? <laughs> 1977 like, buddy, Norris? There's no way. Like, yes. Norris division. In 77? Oh, no. I could do the 80s. Leafs, Blues, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blackhawks, Minnesota North Stars. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what you said. George, to be the you want to take a stab? Oh, I'm, oh, God, I'm not no. saying I would get this at all. Oh, I'm not going to get this. I look at this. I'm like. I look at this, I'm like, what kind of division is this? This was the division that the Canadians were in. Montreal Canadiens, Detroit Red Wings, yeah. L.A. Kings, Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals. Wow. It's like a mixture Norris of division. Patrick and Norris. That's kind of weird, man. That's, yeah. Because you're like, well, what are the Kings they, doing? The Kings. They went to the Smite. They didn't too, have the a Kings. Western counterpart. Like, there was no, you know what I mean? The Vancouver Canucks were, like, the only team out west then. Pretty whacked out. That would be a brutal travel schedule for the Kings. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> Holy God. Yeah, that's brutal. Like, that's I'm with brutal. you, Cam. Like, I would go Adams Division. I'd say, like, all right, Montreal, Montreal, Boston. Buffalo, Boston, Quebec, Hartford. Hartford. Adams. Yeah, <laughs> like, got it. We got it. Ding, 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 that ding, was ding. your Adams division. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Pacific was like the Kings, the, the Canucks. The Flames didn't exist in those days. Uh, anyways, all right. So, George Kurtz, Dallas, it's Dallas Cowboy versus Buffalo Bill Week. Finally, it's here. And uh, I was hoping your team would win because I took them on a money line yesterday. But they did cover the point spread. They did. And the point spread really didn't change for this. The Dallas Cowboys are seven-point favorites against the Buffalo Bills the Thursday, Thanksgiving, this Thursday. But before we get to that game, 
your take on uh, the Dallas Cowboys' loss yesterday and Jerry Jones uh, seemingly as upset as he's ever been after one of these losses. So, so Jerry is just now clued in that Jason Garrett's not a good coach. <laughs> it finally dawned on him. Uh, it's been going on for years. And listen, I don't think Garrett had a terrible game yesterday. I don't. I mean, they didn't win the game. The, the players were terrible. But I don't know if Garrett made any awful calls. Not like the Minnesota game where they didn't. Uh, they ran the ball twice at the movie up and down the field throwing the ball. Uh, they didn't play very well. The special teams was atrocious. Once again, I don't know if yes. that's on Garrett or if that's on the special teams coach. You know, uh, I can tell you that the, from the beat writers – uh, Dallas practiced all week to block Slater. They knew about it. Players didn't block him. I mean, so I don't know if you can blame the coaches for that. Garrett should be fired for a million reasons. Yeah, with Jerry Jones going off yesterday seemed to be odd. I think what Jones was so mad about is that there was no Sanu, you know, no Dorsett. There was no downfield passing threat for the Patriots. He knew they, they weren't going to score more than probably 13, 14, 15 points, and yet Dallas still couldn't beat him. And not, really not even close. I don't know if the game was as close as the score indicated. You know, when it comes to be beating Bill Belichick, you can't make any mistakes. I mean, Dallas right away in the first quarter, block punt, Prescott throws an interception yeah. after the, the high snap. Uh, I mean, listen, the referees were awful again. Neva trip was a trip, but we can go. We can do that yeah, every game about how yeah. bad the refs are, and they cost teams games. But uh, I mean, I, I I understand why Jerry was upset, but in my mind, that what he was upset about should have come out after the Minnesota game. Yeah, you know, that was where the coaching cost you a game. I don't know if I'd say Garrett cost them this game. He doesn't help them ever. You I asked him this question this morning. George, you can't kick that yes, field can. goal, though. You I have, I have no problem with that. You really, you it, was fourth, with that? Uh, it was fourth on. and seven. Dallas hadn't even come close to converting any uh, third downs and sevens. Well, I don't have a problem I'm with that. Yeah, you still need a touchdown the, after, Kurtz. You need a touchdown to you, win. You still I, need I a touchdown after. I, get, I, I would go I get for the, it. I get the argument, guys, and I would have had no problem if he went for it, but Dallas wasn't going to make it. I think the odds came out at 18% if they go for it in that situation. I, I doubt Garrett knows the odds, mind you, but I think he ended up making the right decision. Well, okay. The okay, so let me ask you. Back. You figure Garrett, who's an Ivy Leaguer, would kind of know that stuff, right? That they would. Yeah. And it's funny because no, Frank Wright does. They the do game, analytics, analytics and percentages stuff. And Garrett yeah, said he does. So, so it's 18%. Ask, percent, I'd like to know what was their percentage of winning a game after that, all right, when they kicked the field goal? Was it higher than 18% of winning a football game? I doubt it, right? And and listen, Dan Quinn yesterday, guys, Dan Quinn kicked a field goal down 12 with six minutes left. Like, he still needed to. Like, it was unbelievable. He was down 15. It was was down 15. Yeah, no. It was so, coaches do weird things. I get it that, oh, you needed two scores, he was going to say. But the thing is, in my opinion, you're better off just, if you don't get it, at least you've got them down at that side of the field as opposed to going through every play. I've always, I'm always in a belief, Cam, you have a better chance of doing one play right than expecting like a 12-play sequence to end up perfectly. You get the ball back, you stop the Patriots, and you go all the way down the field and score again. Come on. You know, I think fourth and seven, like you said, George, you almost answered yourself. You know, I get it, man. Like even Dan Quinn yesterday was fourth and 17. You know what I mean? And he, Matt Ryan was running for his life. He, he probably thinks there's no way in hell we're going to get this. So I get it. But at fourth and seven, that's supposed to be very gettable. Seven yards, bro, is a quick out pattern. It's seven yards, weather. man. You guys don't in have a seven-yard play to dial up? Not in that weather. Did you, oh, I boo, know you boo. watched the game. Well, yeah, welcome to the rest of the NFL, Cowboys. People play in I, weather. I know you guys play in your perfect little Jerry world. And, you know, the, J- Jason Garrett complaining about the weather after. Welcome to the real world, coach. 
Yeah, you don't play in a shopping center every week at uh, the Cowboy Stadium. And Jason Garrett ended up being right, by the way. They did get the ball back. You know, he, they, they, yeah. and New England wasn't yeah, going to score. They weren't even trying to score. In that situation, I, that's not, yeah, I'm not that's saying like I saying, That's like saying, remember Shermer with New York? Uh, remember, well, you know, you're a Cowboy guy. But remember, George, earlier this year, Shermer, he actually went for it, like on fourth and 16 from his own yes, 15 yes, or whatever. Yes, yes, Yeah. And he said the same thing after. I got what I wanted out of it. I got the ball back. <laughs> so, like, Garrett can say that, too. Yeah, you got the ball back, but you didn't score. But he did, and, and I thought of to you, too. I, I, I thought of you, too, about Dak Prescott making a play late. You know, he's yes, got to make a play late. Cooper should have hung on to the football. It is what it is. I'm with you, though. If Jerry Jones acts as a fellow like this is new, number one. Yeah. Number two, he acts as if though like he's a fan of the team and he has no control over the coach. You are the de facto <laughs> team. So, like, yeah. you're all oh, the coaching this. Well, you're the one that hires these people. He's your yes. guy. And I brought it up earlier. And we all know it's not rocket science, but the Cowboys have great talent. If Jerry Jones is ever serious about winning, he's going to need someone that's not a yes man. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean he's got to get someone to argue with him, but... He's got to get someone, if they're on the same page, yet is smarter than Jerry. Jerry thinks he's the smartest guy in the room no matter who he's in the room with, right? Even with Jimmy Johnson. You know, Jerry thought he knew more. And he needs, like, a real smart football guy in there because they have a ton of talent, but Jason Garrett's just so mediocre. What's been the constant over the past 25 years? Jerry What's Jones. What's the constant? Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is the constant. Dallas hasn't gone to a championship game in 25 years. The yeah, constant also is George, Jerry Jones. But they did win with him before. Man. They did. So yeah, they did. Yeah, they did but win they with, with Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. But they went with Jimmy with Johnson him too. Yeah, and Barry Switzer. Players oh, got to deal with, with Johnson crap players. on top of it. That's the problem. The guy doesn't even understand. He's hurting his team too. Like you're talking like a fan at the end of the game. Now they got to deal with all this crap on a short week against uh, the Buffalo Bills in a game they got to win and it's just idiotic and stupid. You're actually hurting yourself by doing these things. That's my take. I Listen, think it's ridiculous. Oh, I agree. I, all Jerry Jones was saying yesterday was that, hey, this isn't my fault. I gave him the players. It's yeah. the coach's fault. I, I gave yeah. you all the Jalen Smith, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel. I signed them all. To Lawrence, I signed them. Now you can't coach him? Not my fault. You know, my hands are clean. That's what that conversation was yesterday. And, and you know, you're right. And let's be real. Jerry Jones uses Jason Garrett as the scapegoat. Yes, when things go well for the Cowboys, Jerry Jones is front and center. When things don't go well for the Cowboys, Jerry Jones throws Jason Garrett under the bus. If I was Jason Garrett, I'd be getting tired of it myself. It'd be almost one of these, Cam, like, you know what? You want to, You think you can do a better job? You yeah. coach the team. You're like coach. one of those type yeah, of deals, exactly. right? Like, yeah. you coach, sir. You do it. And just walk out. You know, say, screw it. I'm done. And... You're already hearing. Jason Garrett will get hired. The New York Giants supposedly are going to jump at him if he gets fired. <laughs> good luck. I said good earlier, I said earlier, yeah. Jason Garrett's too good of a coach for the Giants to hire. They, they like worse coaches even. <laughs> Jason Garrett's <laughs> like Bill Belichick next to Shermer. But that's what I asked about the, uh, you know, oh, the Cowboy fans. Cow- Cowboy fans all want Garrett fired. Will it matter? If Jerry Jones is going to hire the next puppet, what does it matter? Nothing changes. Okay, well, I, I asked this this morning, George, on the morning show. Who do you hire? 
Like, that's the whole thing. All right. As you see it in college all the time, Cam, right? Oh, we're fed up with Harbaugh. We're fed up with uh, yep. Buddy of Tennessee. We're fed up. All right, fire yep. Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini was a jerk. He went 9-3 and three every year in Nebraska. I you know. guys were mad at him. How you doing now? You're four wins every year. <laughs> like, you're worse. And yeah, you're higher so, on the other side. Yeah. How'd that go? Um, we'll ask. Uh, we'll get Kurtz. He's a cowboy fed. Who should they hire? Who's the guy? Lincoln Riley? NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Sports Grid. We're in the Sports Grid Studios, FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands. Now on Pluto TV Channel 517. I'm Marenzi alongside Cam Stewart. Uh, George Kurtz uh, with us, 21. Uh, no, uh, Virginia Tech just hit a free throw, 22-21. 22-21, Virginia Tech, five minutes remaining in the first half of the uh, Maui Invitational. We've got uh, Virginia Tech plus 13 and a half, but we've got the over 138 and a half, little in-game action. And uh, right now, Virginia Tech are getting eight and a half, but the total has plummeted to 132 uh, and a half. All right, George Kurtz with us before we get into the Rams game and the NHL card tonight with George and uh, and Cam. Let me ask uh, George Kurtz, what do you think uh, of Lincoln Riley? You're not a big college guy, uh, George, but Lincoln Riley has produced the last uh, two Heisman Trophy winners in Baker Mayfield. He's produced the last two number one picks in the NFL draft at quarterback. So he's known in college football. He's the new it guy. He's sort of college football Sean McVay, young dude, offensive guru. Yeah, you can't argue his offense yet. And I brought this up earlier, Cam. The thing is, Oklahoma already had a good offense before he was there. Exactly. Like people are like, oh, look what he you. did. I'm like, Oklahoma's been sending guys to the NFL. They've had Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Sam Bradford was the top pick. Josh Heupel won yeah. the Heisman. We can go on. So it's not like he made Oklahoma. He just happened to keep Oklahoma going. But people do like him. He's a young guy. Look at Kingsbury's in the NFL, and Lincoln Riley has a yeah. better resume than Kingsbury does. So don't think for a second that people aren't going to go at him. Specifically Dallas. Now, I don't know how you feel about it, George, if you want a college football offensive, run-and-gun, trick-play type guy running the Cowboys, but I think that's what's going to happen, to be honest. I think that's what we're looking at here. Well, you look at the Cowboys. After Jimmy Johnson, it was Barry Switzer, college coach, Chan Gailey assistant, Campo assistant. Then when, when those guys screwed things up, Jerry Jones went to Bill Parcells to fix things. And then he went to another assistant, Phillips, then another assistant, and Garrett. His history tells us he's going to go to a pro assistant. That's what he does here. That being said, I think you already said it. What he needs to do is get someone who's legit, who he can sell to the fans. And he is a salesman, but will Lincoln well, Riley... you can sell Lincoln I, Riley to the fans. Oh, big you can. time. People would, People would be hyped. People would be hyped. 
He's already I, in Big Twelve I, country, Gabe. Okay. It makes total. You didn't let sense. me. You didn't let me finish though. But you didn't let me finish. Continue, Will George. Lincoln Riley to come to Dallas is going to want more control than Garrett had. I mean, one thing about Bill Parcells did. Bill Parcells told Trey, "Get the hell out of the meetings. You don't belong here. You know, get out of the meetings." Is he going to? Is Lincoln Riley going to want to put up with all the bull crap that goes on? Jerry Jones having all these press conferences, not only during the week, but after all the games for fifteen you know, million Lincoln dollars gonna, a year. Yes. He'll listen. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't think he's going to get $15 million a year, but yes, money does talk here. But is he going to want to have more control over the roster? You know, I mean, he, Lincoln Riley has that kind of credibility where he can demand some of these things. What will Jerry And listen, it's up? a good point, George, too. And don't forget, guys. So I'll look up what Lincoln makes. He doesn't make that much now because it's only his third year as a coach. He took over suddenly for Bob Stoops. He was a kid, yeah. and he got thrown into it. But you make more money in college football. Like Nick Saban, the highest paid coach in the NFL is Sean Payton. Sean Payton makes like eight million a year. Bill Belichick only makes like seven and a half mil. Like the top top NFL guys are in that seven eight range. Freaking Jim Harbaugh's making twelve million a year at Michigan. Nick Saban's making twelve plus perks. Yep. Um, Dabo Sweeney twelve plus perks. Huge. Right, yep. so. Jerry Jones dangling, oh, $10 million a year. Look at Gruden. Excuse me. Gruden's the highest paid coach at 10 mil. A college coach can go, I'm not taking less money for more stress. I don't need this. Right? Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, the amount of money is astronomical that Lincoln Riley is going to open up with. And let me throw in another guy, actually, who it's really outside the box, but what about Tony Romo? Oh, God, please no. Please don't give me a former or Troy Aikman or someone like that. Please. I love Romo. Love Romo. I thought he always got way too much crap. But if he's the coach, I'll start rooting for the Bills. Yeah. All right. They're, they're the only New York team. Screw <laughs> it. I won't be able to take it anymore. No. I won't be able to deal if they end up doing something stupid like that. Uh, listen, I love that's Romo great. as an announcer. I, and I know he's a free agent, too, which is if, this, if that's where you're going with this. I know. Checks up at CBS. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. If that happens, oh, I mean, it'll be, I, I don't know what to do. I really won't. I'll be pulling whatever hair I have left out. Uh, Football is less about that. rare. You know, he would do something stupid like that. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's brought up. He's a free agent. Garrett's out. People are like, oh, it's a chance. Like, give Romo, let Romo take control of the team. Yeah, you can do it in baseball camp. You can yes, do it in can, baseball. Yeah. You got no experience. I was the announcer That's of the team. I, I get it. Like, look at Boone. Great example. Great example. Boone was look never at, a manager uh, before, yeah, but right. he played the game. He was in a booth. He, he was in baseball. He got dropped in a dugout. He could do it. Football yeah. is so many X's and O's. Baseball is hunch. Yeah, I can tell the arm. I, I can see the pitchers fading here. He knows. He played the game. Football... Dude, Romo doesn't know Jack's squad about half of things. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be like, what? 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 What's that? What do you mean? Like, like it's it's completely different. What are we doing with the weak side this on special teams, coach? He'd be like, what? Come again? Right? Romo's never been on special teams in his life. He doesn't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, there's it's crazy talk, George. I agree. Listen, Matt Rule would be a good coach, but Matt Rule's not flashy yeah. enough. That's, That's the, the problem. It wouldn't be a big enough hire, right. even though he's done great things with Baylor. I agree, Gabe. I think he's very underrated. Though, Urban, right? Meyer, sorry, Urban Meyer. Sorry, George. I was going to say, Urban Meyer basically asked for the condition. job. He's got a health nice full of what, it. You think so? You think he's a liar? Uh, I don't know, oh, man. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, yeah. 
Do I think Urban Meyer, Urban Liar is a liar? Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I no, I'm just saying, look, I'm just Urban saying, Meyer. That's good for his life, his life choice. Working at Fox wow. Football is a hell of a lot easier than going in there. Come on, Cam. Game, like, I'll tell you, man, that's a disaster. Okay, I, I'm just telling you. Urban Meyer. guy loves his wife and family. He wouldn't take the job. Because it'd be too much stress. Urban Meyer's going to be the next coach. Urban Meyer's going to be coach of the USC Trojans next year, bro. I guarantee you, Urban Meyer's college coach next year. Guaranteed. Like, it's not even an if. Like he's hoping that Brian Kelly gets fired at Notre Dame. That's the, yeah, that's so what he wants. But bigger prestige job. Yeah. You know, hey, this is, Urban Meyer does this all the time. But Matt Matt yeah. Rule is not flashy enough. Matt Campbell's not flashy enough. So it is what it is. But. All right, George, so quick prediction, Buffalo Bills and Cowboys. I will tell you my concern about this game is the Bills do struggle with the run. Now, so the Cowboys really can just run straight forward, and that's the Bills' weakness. If the Cowboys start to get cute, the Bills will shut them down. There is an advantage on the ground for the Cowboys. Yet, I think the point spread is insane that the Cowboys are favored by seven points in this game. What's your take, George? I read it the same way. I didn't even know it was seven points until you said it earlier. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that seems awfully hard or awfully high for a team that hasn't be- beaten a winning team this year. Dallas is 0-5 against winning. Oh, I guess 0-4 Jets weren't a winning team. But they haven't beaten a winning team. I'll take the points there uh, with the Buffalo Bills because I think Cam said it earlier. I think what Jerry Jones did yesterday hurts the team. I don't know how Garrett's going to react to this or the other coaches now that they know they're on the hot seat. Because if you are going to get fired, it's probably after this game or the next game. Because Dallas plays next Thursday as well. So they don't, they don't have a mini-buy until after next Thursday's game. But that'd be the time you, you would get fired, even though I think firing in season is kind of idiotic. But uh, I don't know how Garrett's going to react too, to this. Imagine too, George. Let's just say the, the Bills, Bills get off to a hot start in the game. There's negativity. Oh, they will. Like, Everybody you know, gets big. off to a hot start against the Cowboys. Yeah, like Josh Allen makes a big bomb. Oh, touchdown. Suddenly Garrett's Cowboys, like, I'm yeah. screwed. Who cares? I'm they done, right? You're right. Versus New England. They needed to win that game because uh, that's what I'd worry about game. If they would have f- found a way to beat New England, I think the Bills would be in a way better position. I think because now you know it's like oh god here we go these guys pissed that game away they're going to be hungry but you're right if the Bills jump on these guys early what a disaster for Dallas the fans they'll, they'll completely turn that that yeah. Billy will all turn against Jason Garrett and the Cowboys if the the Bills yes and they listen, will everyone's gotten up everyone's gotten up early against the Cowboys and I mean everyone I mean even the games they've won the Giants that Monday night game they were up ten nothing early. Dallas True. is knocking off the hot starts, and so they have they have issues all over the place here. I'll take the Bills and the points. I think the Cowboys might win the game, but I don't know what's going to happen because I don't know how his team reacts to what Jerry Jones did. He's never really done this before. Not where he's gone, you know, pretty much laid fire to everybody on the coaching staff. They're only hot start, that. George. The turnovers versus Philly, and they jumped all over them and won that game. That was it, yes. right? Yes, they did. and that was at home in a big game. So maybe the same thing happens here. Who the hell knows? But, uh... You know, Gabe, you said it. The Cowboys can run on them. But, you know, you can run on New England, too. Yet they, they ran okay, not great. There have been other games you can run on them. Ezekiel Elliott and the offensive line are not doing a great job in the run game. Not at and all. And I should note, you're it's- right, George. And the Bills the Bills are a bend but don't break. They You run on them a bit, but yeah. they tighten it up like a lot of teams. They do. They, they're sort of, you know, they're comfortable. You, you know what sounds crazy? You can run on the Bills because it's damn impossible to throw on them. So teams are just saying, screw this. You know, you throw on them, you're going to get sacked, or, you're, you know, Trey White. Like, they haven't given up a touchdown in two straight home games. Like, they don't – they're suffocating on defense, 
but there is that sort of interior. It's sort of like any bully. Like, the Bills, like, you know, like they're like a fighter. You got to take them down and wrestle them. Like, that's the only way to do it. Like, you got to man up, just push them over. All right, so Rams and Ravens tonight. What do you think, George, uh, of the game? Big, fun game tonight. Spreads three and a half. This, Ravens this is a favored. massive game. Massive game for the Rams. They need to win this game. They, they'll go seven yes, and four, sir. get back in the, the wild card. Because listen, you're not going to catch uh, the Niners of a division. Seattle's winning too. So nope. you're really looking after Green Bay or Minnesota for that second wild card spot. And the Rams may not be able to lose another game for the rest of the season. So it's at home. You, say, you know, you got to take care here. But my spread just went down to three and a half here. I like the Ravens until someone shows me they can corral Lamar Jackson. Maybe the Rams can. Maybe they can't. But I don't trust Jared Goff either. Cooks is back tonight. Woods is back, but they haven't played in a while. I don't know what you're going to get from these guys. I like the Ravens. Quote the Raven nevermore. Oh. Uh, says George Kurtz. <laughs> <laughs> Our boy Raven, Gabe. Great interview with you yeah, and Raven. Yeah, thinking of my boy Raven. Classic. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Great, yeah, great, great interviews with Raven. Great wrestler. Raven yeah, Raven. Ra- Smart guy. Raven's uh, he's a genius. Yes, yeah, he he's a genius. He's literally like he a like, genius. He has like scores like Einstein. Like the guy's a brainiac, man. He's one of like the top two percentile or something. Yeah, he's uh, he's yeah, he's a brainiac. Yeah. Yet for some reason, he thought it'd be a good idea to uh, nail himself to a cross uh, <laughs> and be carried out on a cross. And the best is, I don't know if you remember when I asked him, Cam. I said, "Man, I said, tell us that story." And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." yeah. And it was like it's it's a legendary story. <laughs> And then he drops. He goes, I actually wanted to come out on a Star of David. Star of David. But he goes, it was too awkward to carry into the ring to have people carry it. <laughs> you imagine, like, he wanted to oh, nail himself so to a Star of David, like, and be carried into a wrestling ring. For the record, he's Jewish, and he mentioned that. He goes, I am yeah, Jewish. I just want to let yeah. everyone know that. Like, he goes, I'm Jewish. That's, that's he goes, I want to do that. And I guess Tommy Dreamer, like, who's as hardcore as it gets, Tommy Dreamer was like, bro, like, that's just too much, man. Like, Because he wanted, like, the guys backstage. He's like, you guys got to carry me out. And they're all like, man, I'm not carrying you out on a cross. You know what I mean? That's wild. <laughs> I, I never forget, too, the funniest thing he said, because he, he used to be in, like, broken glass matches and, like, eating light bulbs. You remember, Cam? Like, yep. oh, yeah, the light bulb in the face match and, like, whatever. Yep. He yeah, he's like, he goes, all that stuff isn't bad. He goes, you get hurt in wrestling, the number two things is the ropes. He goes, the ropes are the worst. And uh, he goes, it's the little things. People step on your finger. He goes, like, you'll fall out of the ring and you'll you'll land on your wrist awkwardly. Like he was saying, it's never like the chair shot or the glass and stuff. He's like, ah, that's easy. He goes, it's always the little things. We'll get Kurtz's hockey pick on the other side. Can the Islanders do it again? NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. We 
got a couple of minutes here before the top of the hour. Raging Redhead can Stewart. We got us caught up to date. New York Islanders tried to extend their franchise record point streak to 18 games as uh, they continue their trek through the state of California. New York had his five-game win streak snap with a 2-1 uh, overtime loss at San Jose on Saturday. But that's another game in which they collected a point. Now 15-0-2 in their last 17 games. Unbelievable. Uh, New York entered Sunday, allowing the third-fewest goals in the league um, at uh, 2.428 goals per game. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable run. Meanwhile, the Anaheim Ducks have lost eight of their last nine games. One, five, and three. Lost 6-2 to Tampa Bay on Saturday. Colonel Kurtz, what's your take on the Islanders? Do they keep it rolling tonight? He gone. Colonel Cam? Yeah. I'm Colonel here, Cam. I'm here. I'm sorry. Had you oh, on sorry. mute while you're going up here. <laughs> Kurtz! I got the Islanders. What's going on? I got the Islanders. I got the Islanders tonight. Uh... The Ducks is not a very good team here. I kind of it's minus one twenty five. Me, I got the Islanders. I kind of like the under in this game too. This smells to me like a two one three two game here, so I might go that way as well. I like San Jose tonight minus one twenty five against the Kings and give me the Blues. You're, you're getting plus money with the Blues who are playing so well and the National Predators not. I'll take that as well. And did, listen, did you guys hear this Mitch Marner story? But what, what Mike Babcock made yeah. him do? We'll Holy talk about God. It on the other side, Gabe. I told you about Babcock, and we were right about it. Yeah, like ranking other players' work habits and stuff. See, there's a lot of stuff that and people don't know it. about Babcock. Why do you think and they're winning for this guy, Sheldon Keefe, 2-0? Yeah, Babcock, Holy Gabe, in trouble. Yep, good stuff there, Mike. Well, we're selling guys out. Now we're fine now. That's what you get. Now we find out why the I used to buy. I used to wonder for the last couple of years. Why the hell don't these kids work harder? <laughs> I'm like, why don't like, why won't this kid skate harder? Uh, it used to baffle me. Well, now we know they hated Babcock. Awful. Well, Harner does for sure. He's a clown. I knew coming into this, Babcock was going to be a disaster. I didn't like the way that he left Detroit, and I could kind of tell, like, oh, now that the Red Wings aren't loaded with All Stars, I'm not going to coach you anymore. Whatever. Thanks, George. Later, George. Level two. Good night, guys. Good luck tonight.